turn to the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. I'll be ministering on something that's upon my heart. Amen. I've been looking forward to this since the Lord gave it to me. Amen. If you will, I want you to turn with me tonight to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew, the sixth chapter. We're going to be reading verse 7 through 13. Amen. Verse 7 through 13. And we're going to talk a little bit tonight about the Lord's Prayer. Amen. And um, can I tell you tonight, it doesn't matter if you've been in the church for 50 years, you can still improve upon your prayer life. Come on. Doesn't matter if you've seen heaven and earth move. If God has opened the windows of heaven at your request and poured out things unspeakable in your life, you can still improve your prayer life. Praise God. Amen. Prayer is a spiritual discipline that each and every one of us, at some point in time in our walk with God, we have to learn to pay close attention to. Amen. And tonight I want to talk a little bit about that spiritual discipline. If you'll, if you'll join me, I invite you tonight to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter and the seventh verse. If you do not have your Bibles, the words are provided for you behind me up on the screen, uh, the words in red tonight, yes, that means that they come from a very special person. Amen. The words in red up on the screen behind me tonight. Join me in Matthew, the sixth chapter, the seventh verse. If you do not have a Bible, I want you to see me at the close of this service, and we'll make sure that you have a Bible. We want every home, every family to have access to the word of the Lord. Amen. Uh, because it takes the Word of God to save your soul. It takes the Word of God to save your soul. Matthew, the 6th chapter and the 7th verse. If you're there, shout out yes. If you're going to help me for a few moments tonight, shout out yes. Amen. If you're not, you can remain standing the whole time I'm preaching. But if you are, you'll be able to be seated here in just a few moments. Matthew 6 and 7. The words of Jesus Christ as he gives us a model for prayer. Not, he doesn't give us something to repeat because how many know vain repetition does not move the hand of God? But he gives us a model. He gives us something to fashion our prayer after. Amen. Here in Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew 6 and 7. The Lord said, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. I mean, no, it don't take a whole lot of speaking to get God's attention. It just takes some sincerity and it takes something that's heartfelt. So, Don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they're going to be heard, and they think they're going to be known for their much speaking. Be ye not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ever ask him. Praise God. And after this manner therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. The model of the Lord's Prayer. Amen. He didn't give us something to repeat tonight, but he gave us something to fashion our prayers after. And tonight we want to do a little dissecting. 
We want to do a little dissecting, a little examining, if you will, of the Lord's Prayer. Amen. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about for a few moments tonight, the Lord's Prayer. Amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord one more time as we're seated. Amen. In the presence of the Lord. Amen. Clap your hands unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. God bless you tonight. Uh, you may be seated. Amen. I appreciate so much this tremendous church and the wonderful people that make up this body. Amen. I'm, I am, um, every time I walk through the doors of this church, I'm excited to see who's going to be here, who's going to respond to, the, to the, the presence of the Lord, to the spirit of the Lord, who's going to be touched, who's, who's going to be, uh, uh, who's going to have their life changed, who's going to be touched, and who's going to be changed by the presence of the Lord. How many know we need to be changed in his presence? We need to be changed in his presence tonight. Amen. I want to start off tonight by saying that the disciples of the Lord, um, I was thinking about this this week, and, you know, the disciples of the Lord saw him do many remarkable and amazing things. They witnessed things that many of us will dream of. Now, I believe we're going to see mighty things, and I know we have already seen mighty things. But imagine, if you will, for just a moment, being one of the 12 disciples and eating the dust that kicks from the feet of the Savior, walking with him day in and day out, beholding and witnessing the mighty things, the miracles, Sister Mariah, that he performed watching him spit in clay and rub it in the midst of his hands and watching him place it upon the eyes of a blind man and his eyes be opened and him see. Amen. The, the disciples witnessed many things, many amazing, uh, amazing uh, and remarkable things. They watched him turn the water into wine as he performed his first miracle. They were there when he cleansed the lepers from their leprosy. Imagine, if you will, sores. Amen. I, my, my mother uh, tells stories of when I was just a boy of a man coming into the church and, and, and having a, a battery that had blown up in his face and sores all over his body. And as he began worshiping the Lord, amen, he began to take a rag and just wipe those things off, and all of those sores just began to disappear off of his body. Praise God. Imagine being there when Jesus anointed and spoke to those lepers that day, amen, and that leprosy just fading away. Imagine, amen, beholding these miraculous things. The disciples were there when he cleansed the lepers from their leprosy. They were there in that crowded living room. Amen. When nobody else could come through the door because it was so packed that you couldn't move in the house. Amen. Kind of like Easter in this sanctuary last year. Huh? People was getting all claustrophobic because they couldn't even move in the house of the Lord because it was so packed. Imagine being in that living room, amen, where Jesus was and people were coming from everywhere. They were trying to squeeze into this house and all of a sudden you look up because you hear a noise and you realize that the roof is getting torn off of the house. And then there are four men that appear in the hole in the roof and they began to lower their friend down into the living room where Jesus stood. Imagine being one of those disciples as Jesus looks at this lame man and tells him that day, take up your bed and walk. And watching that man, they were there, they beheld, Brother Jedi, that man pick up his bed and walk out of a house that he was lowered down through the roof into. My Lord, have mercy. Imagine the great things that the disciples beheld. The great and the amazing 
and the remarkable things that they witnessed. Amen. My Lord have mercy. We, we see amazing things. We watch lives be transformed. We watch marriages get put back together. We watch depression, we watch depression dissipate, right? We watch, we watch these things happen in the house of the Lord. But imagine the things that the disciples witness in the presence of Jesus. They were there in that crowded house when those four men tore that roof off and lowered their friend down so Jesus could heal him. They witnessed him take up his bed and walk. They watched children come into a room and climb up on the lap of a gentle Savior so he could bless them, Brother Chris. Imagine your daughters sitting on the lap of Jesus Christ the Savior of the world, and him blessing them, him blessing them. Amen. The disciples witnessed all of these things. They watched that same gentle Jesus exercise spiritual authority and cast out devils into a herd of swine, which ran down a hill to their demise into the midst of the sea. Come on. They watched this same gentle Jesus who loved the children and blessed them exercise spiritual authority and and rebuke the devil and, and 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 cause him to come out and to cast out demons they watched him speak to winds and waves right as the as this on the sea of galilee when the storm was raging Amen. And Jesus was asleep in the hind part of the boat and they woke him up and they said master care not that we perish And Jesus raises up in the boat and he speaks to the wind and the waves and he says, peace be still. And a calmness come upon that sea. My Lord, the amazing, the amazing things that the disciples beheld at just the speaking of Jesus Christ. They witnessed these great things. They watched him uh, cast out devils. They watched him perform miracles. They watched him feed 5,000 with just a few loaves of bread and a few fish. They watched all of these miraculous things. And you know what? Having witnessed all of these things, never do we read in Scripture. It's amazing. I, I, I find it amazing. I was thinking about this this week. I find it amazing that never do we read in Scripture that the disciples looked at Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to perform miracles. You can't read it. They never asked it. But you know what you can read? And you know what they did ask? They said, Lord, teach us to pray. (laughs) Uh, they, They didn't say, Lord, teach us to do all of these great things that you're doing. Teach us to perform miracles. Teach us to cause the lame to walk. Teach us to cause the dead to raise. Teach us that the winds and the waves would obey the words that we speak. They never said it. But what they did say, what they did say, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. You know why they said, Lord, teach us to pray, Brother Carl? Because they understood that if they could just learn to pray, they were so impacted By the prayer life of the Savior, they understood, Brother David, that if they could just mimic the way he prayed, they would achieve the same results that he achieved. (laughs) They They didn't have to be able to perform miracles. They just needed to ask and be able to see the hand of God moved. Because the key is in your prayer life. The key is in your prayer life. If you want to see great things, if you want to see God move for you, if you want to see God move heaven and earth for you, if you want to see amazing things, you need to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. Come on. If God made flesh, if the Son of Man, if the one who left the splendor of heaven, brother Peter, and came down to give himself for us, If he had to pray until his sweat became blood, who are we and who do we think we are that we don't need to spend time in the presence of the king in time in the spiritual discipline of prayer today? 
Hallelujah. We need to learn to pray like we've never prayed before. We need to learn to seek God like we've never sought him before. And what the disciples did ask Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. They were so deeply impacted by, how many remember the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus said, Jesus said, you, you wait here for a minute and I'm going to go yonder and pray. And he comes back and they're asleep. Huh? They were so, and, 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 and he comes back and they were asleep and he wakes them up and says, can you not just wait with me? Can you not tarry with me for just a little while? And, and, and you know what? He prayed that day until his sweat became blood. Amen. Until his tears became blood. And you know what? They were so deeply impacted by the prayer life of Jesus Christ. They understood if we're going to move heaven and earth, if we're going to see the windows of heaven open, if we're going to see drastic change, if we're going to see miracles be performed, if we're going to see lives be transformed, we're going to have to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. We're going to have to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. So they tell the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, Lord. They were so deeply impacted, they understood they could have the same results that Jesus, that Jesus had. And you know what? They were right. They were right, Brother Joe. They were right. And you know what? We can have the same results that Jesus had when we learn to pray like Jesus prayed. And that's why we're going to dissect for a few moments tonight the Lord's Prayer. It doesn't matter if you've been in this church from its inception. It doesn't matter if you have been in the church for 50 years. You can improve your prayer life. You, you can make your prayer life better tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit about these things. I want you to understand something tonight. Prayer is not a public spectacle. I've, I've, I've been in churches. I've witnessed people. I've discerned in my spirit that people were just trying to pray louder than somebody else. Now, please don't take me wrong and be silenced in your prayer because I said that. Um, as long as you're not doing what the other spiritual uh, or the other religious leaders of Jesus' day did, and you're doing it to be seen, there ain't nothing wrong with getting loud in your prayer, especially if you're exercising authority over the devil. There ain't nothing wrong with getting loud in your prayer. But listen, we don't ever pray to be seen. Some of the most special times I've ever had in the presence of the Lord when I couldn't do nothing but cry and speak in a heavenly language. Come on, my words, I couldn't even find my words, but my spirit was able to make intercession for my soul because I come before him in the spirit of humility in the presence of the Lord tonight. Come on. we Listen, prayer is not a public spectacle. No, no, friends, no. Brother, no, sister, prayer is not a public spectacle tonight. Amen. Prayer is time in the presence of the Lord. That's what, that's what prayer is. Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is time spent in his presence. And it's not something to be taken lightly tonight. And it's not something that you should just wing tonight. You know, I, I've had many people over my tenure here as pastor of this church come to me and ask me, I've never had anyone to teach me to pray. I don't know how to pray. And you know what? I always tell them, say, you need to talk to God like he's your friend. You need to talk to God like he's your best friend. You need to commune with God like he loves you like nobody else does. You need to open your heart and you need to pour yourself out unto the Lord. Amen. But there is a, uh, there is a method. There is um, a model, if you will, to prayer. Amen. And Jesus gives us that in Matthew, the sixth chapter. And we'll talk about that for just a few moments tonight. Prayer is time spent with him. Prayer is life altering. Prayer is empowering. How many want to be empowered tonight? You're not going to be empowered without a prayer life. Can I tell you, you can go to church seven days a week instead of two you can go to 20 services a week. You can find five churches and attend all of them every service they have. But if you don't ever pray, you're still going to be powerless. Come on. You know why? Because prayer is a spiritual discipline. Prayer is something you got to overcome your flesh to achieve. Prayer is something you got to make a priority tonight. Prayer is time spent in the presence of the Lord. 
Amen. And then until we come to that realization, we'll never have the same revelation that the disciples had when they spake these words. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. All right? So prayer is, is empowering, okay? Prayer is, is essential. And if you're going to make it, you're going to have to learn to pray. You're going to have to force yourself, and you're going to have to overcome your flesh, and you're going to have to take time uh, to pray. And if you're going to make it, you must have a good prayer life. Now, I know that ain't popular. It ain't popular, all right? People don't like to be told what to do. Well, the world might be a better suit for you if you don't want the Lord to tell you what to do. Because let me tell you something. When you give your life to him, he owns it. You're no longer your own. You're bought with a price. You're purchased by his blood. Amen. And if you love him, you're going to seek to be like him. All right. And prayer is essential if you're going to make it to heaven. Matthew 6 gives us a model of how we are to pray. We're not to recite the Lord's Prayer. It's, it's good to memorize the Lord's Prayer. Don't take me wrong. It's good to memorize any scripture. But the Lord didn't give us Matthew 6 so we could memorize it. He gave you Matthew 6 so we could model it. All right? He gave us Matthew 6 so we could model it and we could learn to pray like Jesus prayed. Now, the very first thing that we realize in Matthew 6 as the Lord gives us the model for prayer is we need to recognize him. We need to recognize him. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even Jesus, right straight out of the gate, the very first thing he did was recognize the Father. All right? So number one, in your prayer, you need to recognize who he is. As you open your prayer tonight, when you, when you spend time in prayer this week, you need to recognize who you're talking to. Lord, I thank you. You're great. You're marvelous. You're wonderful. You need to recognize he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Lord of glory. He's the first and the last, the beginning and the end. We need to recognize him and who he is and his greatness tonight. Number one, we need to recognize him. All right? We don't come to the throne of grace like an unworthy child or an unworthy stranger, we recognize he's our heavenly father. We recognize we are his children. We recognize our need for him. We recognize God straight out of the gate. That's why Hebrews, the fourth chapter says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We need to recognize our Father in prayer. We need to recognize who he is. We need to recognize what he's done for him. Number two, we need to praise him. We need to learn to praise him in prayer. Many people think that praise is just for uh, our, our, uh, our services at church, praise and worship. No, praise is for your prayer time. Some of the greatest praise I've ever experienced was when I was by myself deep in prayer before the Lord, not magnifying his name. The Lord loves to be praised. It don't matter if it's corporate praise when we're all in here together or if we're by ourselves seeking the Lord in prayer. He loves to be praised, and praise is comely for the upright. The Lord loves to be praised. So number two, we need to always praise him in prayer. We need to praise him in prayer because he's high and lifted up, because he's worthy of our highest praise. When we come to him in prayer, we come to him with praise. The Lord loves praise. Huh? You know why he created you? To praise him. Huh? He didn't create you because you were the greatest thing he ever imagined. And you're all that in a bag of chips. He created you because he wanted you to praise him. It's your sole purpose. Your purpose in life is to praise him. Some of you may go on, some of you young people may go on to be doctors and lawyers and such. You might even become the president of the United States. But that ain't what you were created to do. You were created for praise unto the Lord. That's why he created us, because he longed to be praised. Number two, 
All right. We are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We are to enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto the Lord and bless his name. The Lord loves to be praised. Number two, we need to learn to praise the Lord in prayer. Number one, we recognize him. Number two, we praise him. Listen to me tonight. A great, a great, uh, full heart sets the tone. All right. It sets the tone for the coming into the presence of the Lord. When you got a heart of gratitude, it sets the tone. When you come before the Lord, you recognize him, you praise him, you're setting the tone for the coming in of the presence of the Lord. All right? How many want to feel his presence in prayer? Come on. You look, look. How many of you have ever laid down at night and you just recite this little thing, this little video quick prayer, and you're like, man, I just need to get this done so I can get some shut-eye. Don't lie. Don't lie. You know you've done it. You know you've done it. I've done it. Brother Joe, you know you've done it. You should have raised your hand, sir. All right? You, you know you, you've been tired. You get in your bed, and you lay down and say, oh, man, I need to get this thing over so I can get some sleep. It's already late. i got to get up in five hours. Huh? But let me tell you something. You, you, you never moved heaven doing that. All right? You never moved heaven doing that. First of all, if it don't come from your heart, God ain't paying no attention to it. All right? We move him in sincere prayer when we desire to be like him and pray like he prayed. Number one, we need to recognize him. Number two, we need to praise him. And a grateful heart, a thankful heart sets the pace. It sets the tone for the presence of God to come in. Come on. And when, we make it, when we're making intercession, the Lord will come in to our prayer atmosphere. We need to invite him into our prayer, prayerful atmosphere. All right, number three, we need to submit to him. This is a, a problem that many people have. They love goosebumps. How many like goosebumps? How many like, how many like tears and crying in the presence of the Lord? How many like when the hair stands up on the back of your neck because people are jumping up and down and running all around the church and you're in an atmosphere of praise and worship and it's just an energetic, it's an electric atmosphere and you love it. You say, oh man, this, this feels so good. You know, the reason why many people of the world come into the church because they love the atmosphere of the church. They love what they feel when they come into the presence of the Lord. All right? We all love a good goosebump. I love me a good goosebump. Let me tell you something. Prayer is more than goosebumps, Brother Mike. Prayer is inviting the Lord into your atmosphere, inviting the Lord into your bubble tonight. We praise him, all right? And, that, and that's what we do when we, number three, we submit to him. When we submit to him and we, we humbly bow before him, listen, that's why he said, thy kingdom come, come on, even the Lord in flesh, was submitting unto the Father. When he said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he says these words, Thy king, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even Jesus Christ himself made his flesh submit to the heavenly Father. Now, to those who don't understand the oneness of the Godhead, that could be a little confusing to you. But unto us which are saved, and the preaching of the cross is salvation, and you understand the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, you understand that it was the flesh speaking out to the Spirit. Right? But listen, even Jesus himself understood that he had to make his flesh submit to the Spirit. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, before we ever make our petitions to God, before we give him a single request, we must submit to him. How many of you have ever just opened a prayer straight out the gate? Lord, I need you to do this. Lord, I need $1,000 this week. <laughs> I hope you never did that. But listen, before we ever get to our petitions, there's a model for prayer. Jesus gave it to us. Number one, we need to recognize him. Number two, we need to praise him. Number three, we need to submit to him. We need to humbly bow before him. We need to, we need to, we need to offer ourselves unto him. We need to submit to him. Now, I know this ain't a part of popular preaching. 
All right. But before we ever get to asking God for anything, before we ever get to making our petitions known or making our requests known, we need to submit ourselves to God. And he needs to know that we're faithful to him. He needs to know that we're humbly bowing before him. And he needs to know that we come to him in submission. All right. We, we, listen, we, not just in words. How many know you can submit in words, but submitting in deeds is something altogether different than submitting in words? I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard a husband say that he loved his wife, but his actions didn't show it. We don't need to just submit in words. We need to submit in deeds. All right? We got to submit to God. All right? So number three, we must submit to the Lord. Our prayers must acknowledge our submission to him. Not just our submission to his will, but our submission to his kingdom, our, our, our submission to his purpose in our life. Lord, whatever you want from me, I'm willing to do it. Come on. When the Lord sees your submission, then you can get to your petition. There's your little, I was corrected. I know it's not a meme. There's your quote for tonight, all right? When you come to him in submission, then you can get to your petition, all right? But you must submit to God before you ever start petitioning or requesting anything from God. The Lord needs to understand that you are fully submitted to him. Then we get the number four, our petition, all right? Our petition, our requests made known unto God. How many, how many know that he's a faithful God? He's a just God. He's a merciful God. He wants to give gifts unto his children. He wants to hear you when you pray. He wants to fix your family. He wants to fix your finances. He wants to heal you of that depression. He wants to deliver you from that addiction. God wants to bless you. But he needs to see you're submitted to him. He needs to see you're going to praise him. You're going to recognize him. You're going to submit to him. And then you can petition him. Then we can make our requests made known to God. Listen, Jesus uh, made this the fourth part of his, his model for prayer. How, listen, how comforting is it tonight to know? How comforting is it to know that we serve a God that wants to hear our request? Sister Angie, how comforting is it to know that God cares when you come before him and you say, Lord, I got lost family and I need you to save them. Huh? Come on. When Amber D was lost and out in that world and you come to God and said, Lord, I need you to save my little girl. You served a God that wanted to hear your petition. And tonight she sits in the house of God because the Lord did hear your petition. Well, Jason, how comforting is it to know tonight that you went to the Lord and you said, Lord, I need you to save my wife. Might have took a boating accident to get her here. But he did it, exactly what you asked. How comforting. Brother Carl, how comforting. Brother Levi, how comforting is it to know when your mom was laid up in that hospital, you serve a God that wanted to hear your petition. Huh? Brother Ricky, Sister Erica, how many, how comforting is it to know that when Riley was in that hospital, God wanted to hear your petition. He's a faithful God. He's a merciful God. And he wants to hear the requests of his children tonight. Let's clap our hands and magnify the Lord all over this house. He wants to hear your request. He don't want to just hear your request. He wants to grant your request tonight. But there's a model for your prayer. There's a model for your prayer. And the Lord, give us that model tonight. Amen. And I'll, listen, I should have I printed this out. I'll print this out. I'm going I'm to bring it to church on Sunday. So all of you can, can have all of this, all of these different aspects of the Lord's prayer. We need to know the Lord's model for prayer. We need to know it. We need to understand it. We need to dissect it. We need to examine the prayer life of Jesus Christ. Because if we do what he did, we can have the same results that he had. I learned a long time ago, if I find somebody who got what I want in life, all I got to do is teach them how to do me what, teach me how to do what they do. If I want to be a good striper fisherman, I'm going to go see Brother Peter Sachak. 
I'm going to say, show me how to fish, sir. But if I want to be a good prayer, if I want to have a good prayer life, I'm going to dissect the prayer life of Jesus Christ. Because he knew how to get it done. And I see that his disciples paid attention, Mom, to the way he prayed. And I want to pay attention to the way he prayed. Number four, make your petition unto God. It's comforting to know that we serve a God that cares about our requests. He wants to know what's on our heart. He wants to hear our heart's desires. He wants to bless his children. This part in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, the petition, the request. Give us the bread, Lord. You notice the Lord's Prayer didn't start out, Brother Carl, with give us some bread, Lord. No, he said, our Father who art in heaven, I recognize you. I glorify you. I magnify you. I realize I'm nothing without you. He recognized him. He praised him. He submitted to him. Then he made his petition to him. You don't start out in in, in prayer to the Lord. Listen, this is important stuff tonight. If you want to learn how to pray, and many of you have asked me, I've never had nobody teach me how to pray. I'm teaching you how to pray tonight. All right? And for those who weren't here, they'll get their little handout on Sunday when they get here, and we'll teach them how to pray also. But all of us need to know the proper model for prayer. We make our petition unto God. He's a faithful God. He's a merciful God. He's a just God. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord. Come on, why? Because the Lord gives to them that ask. Huh? Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be open. Huh? Come on. Seek and you shall find. The Lord wants you to ask. The Lord wants to hear, Sister Donna, your petition. The Lord loves it when you petition him. He recognizes your petition, but we have not because we ask not. We have not because we ask not. Number five, we ask for forgiveness. How many know there ain't none of us clean enough? We don't need to be washed and cleansed. How many know ain't none of us holy enough that we don't need him to continually make us holy? Come on. You can dress the part. You can talk the part. You can be faithful to service. You still need the Lord to clean you up. You still need the Lord to turn you around. You still need the Lord to make you holy and cause you to seek to be holy because he is holy. We need the Lord to clean us up today. We need to continually ask the Lord for forgiveness. Sometimes we get out, we get in, into stuff we don't even recognize we got into. How many, how many have done something and hours later you realize, man, I just got caught up in something I should not have got caught up in. It wasn't because you meant to. It was because you were deceived. It was because you were misled. It was because your flesh misled you. None of us are above asking God for forgiveness tonight. None of us are above asking God to clean us up and to turn us around. We need to ask God for forgiveness in prayer. And this needs to be something, this is the reason why Paul said, I die daily. Come on, I ask the, I ask the Lord to wash me clean daily. I ask the Lord to forgive me for anything I said, anything I did that was not of him daily. We need to ask the Lord for forgiveness in prayer. We see this. In the Lord's Prayer. We see this in the Lord's Prayer. When he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The Lord is saying, ask me for forgiveness and I will forgive you. Because if your life is sin stained, the Lord does not hear a sinner's prayer. Don't let nobody lie to you tonight. The Lord does not hear a sinner's prayer. He does not. The Bible tells us that. Unless it is a repentance prayer, unless you're asking God to forgive you, to redeem you, to wash you clean, you can go and you can ask God for this and you can ask God for that. But if you're living in sin, the Lord does not hear a sinner's prayer. He does not hear a sinner's prayer. So we ask God for forgiveness. We ask him to wash us clean. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
Church, listen, for prayer to be effective, for you to reach the throne room of God, we got to search our hearts, man. We got to ask God, Lord, show me the error of my way. Show me how I can walk uprightly before you. Show me, Lord, and forgive me of anything I've done that was wrong. We got to ask the Lord for forgiveness in prayer. Amen. We got to ask the Lord for forgiveness in prayer. If you want your prayers to be effective, if you want to pray like Jesus prayed, you got to search your heart. You got to make sure that there's no bitterness in your heart, and you got to ask God for forgiveness. Number six, we ask for direction. I'm trying to hurry. Can you all give me five more minutes? We got to ask the Lord uh, for forgiveness, and we got to ask the Lord for direction. Number six, we ask the Lord for direction. How many know we need direction in our life? How many ever took your own life in your hands and you made a mess out of it? Right? We make a mess out of our lives when we take our lives into our own hands. You need the direction of the Holy Ghost. You need to be led by the Spirit of the living God. Huh? You'll never be good enough to figure out life on your own. You might, you might get by, but you ain't going to make it to heaven. You might enjoy some temporal success. You might even make you some money. But you ain't going to get to heaven without asking God for direction because there is a highway of holiness. You ain't going to find it on your own. The Lord has to set you there. It takes being led by the Spirit of God. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. So while we're in prayer, number six, we need to ask for direction. I tell the men's group the second Wednesday of every single month, pray for the leadership of this church that the Lord will give it direction. We need direction. We need an unction from God. We don't need to be making our own decisions without including God in our decisions. We need direction from the Lord. We find that in the Lord's prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Huh? But deliver us. From evil. (laughs) Ask the Lord for direction in prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Jesus said these words. He said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. One of the most important functions of the shepherd was to lead the flock. Huh? I accept that responsibility tonight. I have made many mistakes. I don't deny them. One of, the, one of the greatest responsibilities of the shepherd is to lead the flock. God wants to lead his people. But he's not going to if you're not willing to listen to his direction. Humbling yourself in prayer and asking God for direction means the world to him. He wants to know that you care about what he thinks. There ain't nothing worse you could have God think of you Then to say, he doesn't care what I think. She doesn't care what I say. She's going to do what she wants to do anyway. You don't want God saying that about you. You don't want God saying that about you. You want the Lord to know you care about his direction in your life. All right? We need to seek the Lord for direction. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. This is what Jesus prayed. The model for the Lord's prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. One of the chief jobs, the most important functions of the shepherd is to lead the flock, to give direction to the flock. What good is a shepherd that doesn't lead the sheep? What good are sheep that won't listen to the shepherd? They're going to end up in the mouth of the wolf. Think about that. What good, what's going to happen to a sheep? that will not listen to the direction of the shepherd. The lion's coming. The bear's coming. The wolf's coming. When you don't seek God for direction, we need to ask the Lord for direction. We need lots of direction in our life. The most important direction we need in our life is the direction that the Lord gives us. Come on, you go to your boss at work, you go to your trainer at work. How many of you have ever had a new job? You count on that person to teach you how to do that job. You count on that person to show you how to do it properly. We need the direction of the Lord in our lives. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. We need the Lord's direction, and we're going to get that 
when we ask for it in prayer. We got to ask him for direction. We worship him, number seven. We worship him. We worship him before he ever even does what we asked him. (laughs) That's why they sent Judah out first in the battlefield. Huh? Because they went ahead and just praised God for victory before victory ever even came. We, We worship him in prayer. We worship him. We give him praise. We worship him. Listen, we find this in the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And then he closed out with amen. He closed out on worship. Not a petition. Not praise. Not a a request. Come on. Not, Not asking for direction. He closed on worship. We worship him because of who he is. He's magnificent. He's glorious. He's amazing. Huh? That's who he is today. We worship him because of who he is. We praise him because of his mighty acts. Notice that in the model of the Lord's Prayer, we're instructed to end with worship. There's no greater way for you to close out a prayer than to just sit there and to bask in your worship, thanking him. Praising him, glorifying him, giving him the honor and the glory that he deserves. We worship him. This is the way that the Lord taught us in his model for prayer was to, we were instructed to end in worship. Through worship, we acknowledge that everything is his. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. His hand is not short. His ears are not deaf. His eyes are not blind. We worship him for who he is. We close out our prayers according to the Lord's model. We end it with worship. It's through worship we acknowledge that everything belongs to him. All power is given unto him both in heaven and in earth. We recognize he holds all the power. He alone is worthy of all the glory and all the honor. We realize we cannot steal God's glory. We realize we cannot take credit for anything in our life that is good. It's all a gift from him. Huh? If you got a, a good husband or a good wife, or if you got good children, if you got a good job, if you got a good home or a good car, it all come from him. Huh? The Lord put that person in your path. The Lord put that job in your life. The Lord give you the ability to perform it. Nothing that you have, you deserve. Come on, I've been guilty myself of saying, man, I worked hard for what I got. No, God gave you what you got. God gave you what you got. It all belongs to him. He's just loaning it to you. So we worship him. We close out and worship. We acknowledge that all the glory and all the honor belongs to him. The kingdom, the power, and the glory are his. Not just now, but the Lord said forever and ever. Thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. So now we've studied the model of the Lord's Prayer. We see the example of how Jesus taught us to pray. We ask ourselves how we apply that. What do we do with that? Huh? What do we do with that? We put it into practice. We put it into practice. We change the way we pray. We, 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 we dedicate ourselves to prayer. Listen, Prayer that is taken seriously will become a place of refuge to a child of God. I couldn't count the times, Brother Corey, that I found myself distressed. David David talked about it in one of his psalms. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord. He heard me. I couldn't count the times that I found myself confused, feeling alone, feeling distressed, but man, when I took it to him in prayer, I got up a different person. Huh? Prayer is a place of refuge to those who follow the Lord's model, Brother Joe. Those who take it seriously. Those who, those who don't think it's just some kind of repetition, some kind of vain repetition. No, your prayer life is serious business. And it needs to become a priority in every child of God's life. Prayer taken seriously becomes a comfort 
seasons of trouble. Man, I'm telling you, boy, you can get up from a prayer session and feel a burden lifted. Huh? How many of you ever have come before the Lord so heavy and burdened down? And boy, when you got up, you just felt light of a feather, and you just felt like the Lord just lifted that thing off of you. Prayer will become a place of comfort to those who take it seriously, those who model the Lord's prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, Lord, so we can have the same results that you had. Come on. Listen, we had a, a young lady that used to come to church here, get all worked up because she went to a few people in the church about problems she was having. Multiple times she got the same response. You need to take that to the Lord in prayer. She didn't like that. What is that to get upset about? That's the best advice anybody could ever give you in the world. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You need to give it to God in prayer. People don't want to be told that they need to pray. But I'm telling you as your pastor tonight, you need to learn to pray. And you need to spend time in prayer with God. I'm not talking about vain repetition tonight. I'm talking about actually studying prayer, studying the model for prayer that Jesus gave us and following the model that he modeled before us. Prayer that is taken seriously can become a comfort to you. It it can lift burdens off of your shoulders. I'm amazed how prayer calms me down and brings me peace. I can have the worst day of my life, man. I can spend a few moments in prayer with the Lord, and I can get up a changed individual because that's the power of prayer. That's the power of prayer tonight. Listen, I'm blown away when people bring me things. I talk to many people in this church about their problems. I'm blown away when people bring things to my attention. They want to talk about it. And you might as well get ready. If you come to me and you want to talk to me, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, have you prayed about it? I'm amazed at the continual response. I haven't prayed about it. I can't help you with anything you haven't given to God. Come on. There's a model for prayer. We need to give it to the Lord In prayer, I'm amazed at people who want answers, who want direction for their life. They want direction for their problems, but they're not willing to give it to God in prayer. You got to give it to the Lord in prayer. We need to take everything to the Lord in prayer. Stand with me as the musicians come quickly. I told you, five minutes. And I actually did it. Brother Corey counted down for me. Amen. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Model the prayer life of Jesus Christ. Dissect the Lord's prayer. Examine the things that the Lord did because that's what the disciples said. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to perform miracles. Lord, teach us to part waters like Moses did. Lord, teach us to spit in some clay and rub it on a blind man's eyes. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Listen, as these musicians come, we all find ourselves confused at times. We all find ourselves overwhelmed by life at times. If you're standing, if you're sitting or standing under the sound of my voice tonight and you say you never felt overwhelmed by life, I'm going to pray for you when this service is over because you need to be delivered from a lying spirit. Every one of us have felt overwhelmed by life at times. Every one of us Feel the pressure that life bears down upon us at times. Every one of us go through things, circumstances. We're overwhelmed by our circumstances. But you know what? The Lord's faithful to hear us if we just model what he gave us in prayer. The Lord is faithful to hear our cries. You know, I believe one of the greatest problems in the church is that people fall into the habit of crisis-driven prayer. 
I'm going to say that again because I really want you to get this down in your spirit. One of the greatest problems in the church, and I'm not just talking about this church, I'm talking about the church. People fall into the habit of crisis-driven prayer. They don't want to seek God until their back's against the wall. They don't want to seek God until their bank account is overdrawn. They don't want to seek God until they got a bad diagnosis from their physician. Can I tell you, the Lord is faithful, and he certainly hears us when we cry out in distress. And when we cry out and we're in the midst of a crisis, the Lord hears us. But that is not the only time, Brother Juice, that the Lord wants to hear us. He wants to hear us. He wants us to humbly bow before Him. He wants us to acknowledge Him. He wants us to praise Him. He wants us to submit to Him. He wants us to petition Him. He wants us to worship Him. He wants us to model the Lord's Prayer. Don't fall into the habit of only crying out to God when you need Him. Have anybody ever had somebody in your life, the only time they ever called you was when they needed something? Every one of you better raise your hands. Oh, yeah, you have. You've had people in your life, the only time they ever called you was when they wanted something or they needed something. It ain't a good feeling. Imagine how God feels when the only time he ever hears from us is when we're in a dire strait or we got a problem that we can't fix. No. No, child of God, that's an unhealthy prayer life. You need to learn to seek the Lord daily. You need to learn to call upon His name. You need to learn to submit to Him in prayer. You need to learn to petition Him. You need to follow the model of the Lord's prayer. That's not a healthy prayer life to only call upon the Lord when you when you got to have Him. We all have times in our walk with God we have to discipline ourselves. I, I catch myself. I'm the pastor of this church, and I, I catch myself, Sister Amber, saying, you haven't prayed much this week. You need to correct that. It's a discipline. It's a spiritual discipline. It's something you got to push yourself to do. you got to overcome your flesh, and you're only going to do that through prayer. We do it by modeling the model that Jesus gave us. For prayer. Jesus didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. When you pray, do it like this. Follow this model. Don't repeat this word for word. He said when you pray, not if you pray. He said when you pray. This is how you do it. This is how you move heaven. This is how you change your circumstance. This is how you get my attention. This is how you draw me into your atmosphere when you pray like this. And he give us a model for prayer. All the great men, all the great women of Scripture were people of prayer. You won't find anybody in Scripture who did anything noteworthy, anything great, that didn't seek God in prayer. Abraham sought God in prayer. That's how God told him, leave Ur, leave this place. I've got a city, I've got a place prepared for you that that is in abundance. I've got a land prepared for you, a place you didn't work for, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because he sought the Lord in prayer. All the great men Women of Scripture were people of prayer. Without disciplining ourselves to prayer, we're never going to grow in the grace of God. You can try, but someday you're going to look back and you're going to say, my pastor was right. I tried to do it without prayer, and it didn't work. Because it won't work. You ain't never going to grow in the grace of God if you don't learn to discipline in your prayer. How do we... How do we follow this? How do we apply this to our life? We follow the model that Jesus gave us in Matthew, the sixth chapter, the model of the Lord's Prayer. We're going to start that tonight. We're going to sing a song. I'm going to offer you the opportunity to walk yourself right up to the front of this church, to lift your hands towards heaven and say, Lord, teach us to pray. 
Teach us to move heaven and earth. Help us to get the same results that you got. Listen, if you got somebody in your family that's unsaved, somebody that's lost on their way to hell, if I was you, I'd come up here. I would acknowledge him. I would submit myself to him. I would give him praise. I would make my petition known unto the Lord. And then I'd worship him for doing it. Because that's the model that Jesus gave you. The Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. He modeled it for us to show us how to do it. We're going to sing this song unto the Lord. These altars are open tonight as we close out this service.